Previously on Vanderpump Rules. Whoa. Good, good. No remodeling the checks. That was one of my rules. I didn't even know she was there. I, don't I wasn't care. told. I'd like to have my sweater line in that store someday. You know how annoying it is to hear about your sweater line? You seem frustrated in your relationship. Yeah. You seem to not be making the right choices. Ariana's coming here. That's. She how do you? We're great. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I can tell you're pretty excited. Everyone always wants to think because it's a rumor, it has to be true. You guys see Tom and Ariana working out there together? They definitely have chemistry. Boom. But I have never slept with Tom Sandoval. Welcome to Sir. <laughs> I think the rumors are true. That's not true. I can tell you that right now. Why are you having cocktails with Sheena? Seriously, I was making sure that Ariana and Tom aren't f***ing, so stop. Danielle's making it up. I'm concerned for you. Why is she running away from things? Because she knows the right. Welcome to Vanderpump Robs, a sexy, unique recap podcast hosted by me, Rob Schulte. Today's a very special episode because uh, today I welcome Ben Harrison onto the podcast, who's one of the hosts of The Greatest Discovery and the hit war movie podcast, Friendly Fire. These are two podcasts that I also produce that you should all check out. Ben was the person that encouraged me to start this podcast, whether he knows it or not. Um, but more on that later. For now, let's recap Season 2, Episode 5, Surlesque. It's a beautiful day in West Hollywood, 79 degrees, and at Sur, Natalie is organizing a surprise birthday party for Guillermo. She wants Katie and Stasi to perform Burlesque. Burlesque was really hot in, like, 2010 and in 1910. Hi, Alina. Nice. All I can think about is exactly how much alcohol I'm going to need to consume in order to make this go smoothly. That night, Sheena and Ariana are going through the hectic ins and outs of Sir. Sheena is thankful to have her best friend there and worried about the rumors that have been flying around. The next day, at Kristen's place, Stassi shows up to help Kristen pick out an outfit for her passport photo shoot. Don't forget, a passport photo is from the neck up. Let's get better lighting. Yeah, it's a passport photo. I'm sorry. 30 years old, and I have no passport. It is crucial that this photo is the best photo I have ever taken. These are my eyelashes. I'm going, like, what full on glam yeah. with my makeup. Obviously. Do you think that they'll be like, listen, you have too much I did that in my mugshot before. <laughs> Kristen and Stassi recall Kristen's DUI mugshot photo. Wait, you have a mugshot. Can we just, like, go just a moment? But are interrupted by a call from Jax. He's in the hospital because he's found a lump in his chest. Stasi asks a very crucial question. Can men get breast cancer? It is possible, but I'm going to address the audience. If there's any question, yes, men can get breast cancer. My father actually had it. So, no jokes there. This is a real thing. Jax legitimately seems scared, and Kristen and Stasi agree to be by his side if he needs support. But once they're off the phone with Jax, they say it's probably due to all of his protein powder and supplements, and that there's no way he could actually have cancer. 
When Jax gets out of the hospital, Stassi visits him with a cake that says, No more supplements! He reminds her of all the members of his family who have had breast cancer, and she makes sure he dumps all of his creatine, protein tabs, testosterone, tinctures, and muscle-building salt crystals down the sink. Yeah, no maybe a, a protein shake a day, but Jax, like, you drink them like it's water. This is my first one today. No. That's my first one today. Seriously, this is annoying. And give me that. That is so annoying. This is $100. Shit about me in present instead. You're really going to try and get sympathy from me right now? And you're drinking a protein shake hours after you left the doctor? Are you high? Jax lets Stassi know that he doesn't want to be yelled at. He doesn't want to be made to feel less than. And he doesn't know why she puts down his sweater business. Stassi is someone who has worked very hard to be in the fashion industry and thinks that he's making a mockery of her effort. It takes a special couple of people to go from the cancer scare to arguing about sweaters in the blink of an eye. So I want you to see where this cake store is because I was wondering if you could pick the cake up for us. Across town, Lisa takes Sheena to Sweet Lady Jane so they can look at cakes for the birthday party. This is where we start to realize that Sheena has wedding fever, but Shay hasn't even proposed yet. Do you think while we're still here, I could just take a peek at wedding cakes, just in case, you know? No, we're not looking at wedding cakes. A thousand percent not. <laughs> getting ideas, that's all. At the same time over at Jet Rag, Tom Sandoval and Ariana meet up to grab some vintage clothes. They're goofing around and playing dress up. It's all very silly. And they have a heart-to-heart about the drama and the unspoken tension with Kristen. Later at Stassi's apartment, her and Katie are drinking wine and preparing for Guillermo's B-Day bash. They both agree that they are better at just shaking than, say, dancing. And they quickly transition into recapping the argument Stassi had with Jax. Only Stassi would attack Jax the day he gets out of the hospital. It's fake! He's a liar! Stassi knows that Jax is a bad person and is having trouble giving out any sort of sympathy. He did cheat, and he did lie, and he could do it again. And at Tom Schwartz's apartment, Tom and Tom Sandoval are prepping snacks before Jax arrives. When Jax eventually gets there, he wastes no time before bringing up that he has cancer. He might be joking, he might not. Hard to tell how serious Jax is. We'll talk about it. Jax basically announces everything on a megaphone. He loves drama. Whatever the percentages of Jax having cancer is like Fahrenheit to Celsius. You double it, and you add on 20. Jax recaps the argument with Stassi, and the Toms aren't surprised. So back at Sir, Sheena pulls aside Lisa to let her know that Danielle is the head of the rumor-spreading snake. So Lisa confronts Danielle and pulls Sandoval over as well. Kristen ends up also coming over, and it's a real unhealthy environment in the restro. But before anything is completely resolved, Lisa has everyone go back to work. She has to head to the Mercedes dealership because Natalie is buying Guillermo a car. The night of the party is upon us. Katie and Stasi are nervous and drunk as shit. Oh, bring like a bottle of something. You have vodka? And some strawberry mix. Okay. Right. And some ice. We're all getting makeup done. It's crazy makeup. Everyone has fake Aaron. All right. Except Sheena. Sheena is very annoyed because no one told her about the new outfits for the party. But she's a team player, so she's going to keep her comments to a minimum. Great idea! 
I mean, I wish I would have known this. I spent like a lot of time on my hair and makeup today, so I'm kind of annoyed that no one told me this was going on. I don't want that shit on my eyes either. So after hair and makeup is done, friend of the podcast Peter Madrigal preps the team for the party. Over at the bar, the hired burlesque dancers flirt with Jax, while Stassi watches. She's never seen Jax less interested in two hot ladies. She's coming around to the idea that maybe Jax is scared. On the other side of the party, tensions are rising between Kristen Danielle, Christina Kelly, and others. But Tina, as always, is a voice of reason. She lets Kristen know she should just stay calm. But Kristen doesn't listen. Kristen, here's the thing. You and your boyfriend's relationship is so f***ed up, and I'm so tired of hearing about all this drama. You don't hear about me, Danielle. You listen to gossip. Really? All she said was you don't. Similarly, all I said was but they're I hooking up. Will you yeah. let me talk? Will you, stop Will you stop talking? Go for it. Tom Sandoval lets us know that he's going nowhere near that. And I'd say that's probably a good idea. Kristen lets us know that all of this meddling is actually making her relationship with Tom even stronger. I, God, the things we tell ourselves. And outside by the dumpsters, Sheena, Stassi, and Katie giggle with one another like friends do. It was delightfully refreshing. They quickly head in, though, because Guillermo is arriving, and they got a scream surprise! The performance begins. It is delightfully lackluster, but very colorful. Natalie gives Guillermo his new car keys, and they head to check out his ride. It's truly a happy moment for them. This was a guy that came to America with a dream. He was a dishwasher. And now, seven or eight years later, he's got his house, he's got his two kids, and he's got a great restaurant. For somebody that doesn't like surprises, you seem to be laughing yeah, at yeah, all. No, <laughs> you are the American dream. Before the party is over, Jax decides to tell Lisa and Natalie about his test, and that Stasi has been very mean. He admits to being scared, so as he walks away... Lisa pulls Stassi aside and says that Stassi should learn to have sympathy for people. So Stassi speaks to Jax by the dumpster and apologizes that she started a fight. After they talk like human beings for roughly 30 seconds, Stassi makes an insincere joke about the situation and Jax pushes back. Surprisingly, Jax realizes he doesn't want to have a relationship with someone who acts like this. He doesn't need Stassi, and Stassi walks away. He has a bit of a smirk on his face. This is a real table-turning situation. Hey, did I miss anything? This is a fun episode. But if there was something that I didn't say, write in and let me know. VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com After the break, I welcome Ben Harrison onto the podcast. You don't want to miss it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, when you take that first sip of tea in the morning and you're like, today might be okay. Well, this podcast is kind of like that, but for your ears and hopefully your heart. I'm Leah Palmieri, and I'm the host of the brand new podcast, A Sip of Positivity. The world is wild these days, but when you just need a little break and something nice, that's where I come in. I'll be chatting with actors, authors, influencers, and other lovely people about the things that are helping them get through these very unpredictable times. It's a look on the bright side, and it's A Sip of Positivity. Available now. Welcome back to Vanderpump Robs. It's me, your boy, the number one pump boy. <laughs> That's right, the number one pump boy. And today I'm here with a very special guest, host of the hit podcasts, Friendly Fire, The Greatest Generation, and The Greatest Discovery. It's the wonderful Ben Harrison. Hi, Ben. Uh, technically, Friendly Fire is the hit war movie podcast. That's true. Uh, that the other true. two, I mean, I don't know. You can describe <laughs> them as hits if you want, but very incestuous, though, because you uh, you are the producer of all three in various capacities. That's true. I, I kind of feel like uh, that, that anyone listening to this episode might know that, but who knows? Vanderpump Rules audience is far and wide. That's true. That's true. They're much bigger and better than any of our audiences <laughs> better hmm i don't know but ben i got some questions for you uh it, yeah it, it was funny to me to realize that we were on when we were on tour last year uh whenever tours happened that was crazy um <laughs> that like we were both a fan of the show vanderpump rules so yeah like how did you get started watching the show um, I got started through my wife who it was like, I think she has lots of shows that she watches without me primarily like on her iPad when I'm asleep. I think <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with the sex in the city concept of secret single behavior. Oh yes. Oh yes. Uh, when, when your boyfriend is out of town, this <laughs> is, this is stuff you get into. And I think that this was kind of her, one of her one of her secret single shows, but at a certain point she was emboldened somehow to start watching it with me in the room, aware of what she was doing. And she was like, you have to watch this with me. This show is incredible. <laughs> and uh, I found uh, I found it very fun. I mean, I'm definitely snark watching it and sure. making fun of the characters, but I think that that's sort of what the what the show's yeah. presenting them for. Like that's that's the use case of Vanderpump <laughs> Rules, right? Is that these people are ridiculous and completely agree. We're going to enjoy watching their follies. Almost exactly uh, the same way I started watching it. Girlfriend was in season six or seven and was fast forwarding through scenes that I actually started being like, wait, I want to know what's happening in that scene. It was like when they were <laughs> building Tom Tom. And so I, I ended up like going back and rewatching an episode by myself and just totally lost and just had to start at the beginning. I have not seen the first several seasons. I, I, I picked it up maybe I'm guessing around season four I want to say, but okay. But there's a lot of the the drama of earlier seasons that um, that my wife has been kind enough to 
you know, give me a little like broad strokes backstory stuff on like what, like Jax <laughs> and and Stasi dated what? This this episode must have blown your mind then. Yeah, no, this was this was an era of the show that I with which I was almost totally unfamiliar outside of the weird desaturated clips that they throw to occasionally <laughs> to remind you of why Crispin Doty hates Ariana or whatever. Yep. Yep. Uh, so quick question before we get into the things that like drove you nuts about this episode, good or bad. <laughs> um, has your thoughts on VPR changed since moving to LA? Uh, I think I started, I, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think we started watching it since we moved here so okay okay i think maybe maybe my wife had watched it before that but she also my my wife is a a native angelino so she oh that's right yeah like it's it's also about a part of town that i rarely went to before the lockdown and haven't been to since the lockdown at all so it doesn't really feel like it takes place in the same city that I live in. Yeah, and I think even if you had, it probably wouldn't feel like it takes place in the same city. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a manufactured world, some might say. But uh <laughs> so today we did watch Sirlesque, the episode from season two. Yes. Uh it, it's just a normal episode of television about a workplace where the women that work there are asked to put on a burlesque dance for their boss. Yes, yes, totally normal and uh, not awkward whatsoever. <laughs> I, I pointed out in the recap that it's, that I think Stasi and Katie say something about how they're much better at shaking it than they are at dancing. <laughs> that really resonated in like, oh yeah, this is for your job, right? Right. But for your job. But what's uh let's get into it. What were uh one of the things that really jumped out at you in this episode? I mean, I think it was that. Like I I was watching it and I was just like like this if this aired today, if this was a new episode in 2020, there would be blood in the streets. Yeah. Like social media would melt. Bravo would have to issue statements. They would have crisis PR people like like they like it just couldn't be done. Yeah. And it's amazing to watch an episode from not that long ago that is kind of unaware of how how screwed up some of the messaging in it is is in it i completely agree i also find it interesting and i've said this before but like you said it it's not that long ago but it still feels like we've dug up some sort of time capsule yeah something that's like oh completely normal behavior for us to make a <laughs> fantastical television show that breaks all of the rules for workers rights uh, <laughs> but like somehow there's this like i don't know get out of jail free card because it's for a television show and and that's a thing right yeah. like tv shows yeah. ask uh actors to do things that you could not ask any other kind of employee to do because it's a it's a fantasy and the, these are characters on a show like the, it's a reality show but it's also not real reality yeah. you know scripted television or whatever the hit buzzwords are these days yeah but i think that presenting this as reality is is where the problem comes in like the like i don't think that it would be safe to present something like this as reality now yeah and i think it's like also frightening at times to realize where 
the lines blur and where there's kind of a gray area because obviously like Kristen Doughty is like hurting that she's been cheated on by her boyfriend Tom Sandoval but like yeah they still have to like manufacture that they live together and have some sort of working relationship when they're he's obviously uh, a big fan of Ariana's at this time yeah I don't think I knew that he and she were together ever. I think that like, that was something that was like kind of unclear to me because they also don't really show Tom and Kristen having any kind of romantic connection in this episode. Like, I don't know if I saw them in the same room together, even whereas Sandoval and Ariana are like kind of going on a date at one point to like a vintage (laughs) store. And they're like, together behind the bar goofing around i also didn't know that ariana was like added in the second season oh okay yeah it was very strange upon all of my rewatches of this to like find characters i see later in like bit moments like there's this huge part in season one where sheena has a performance at the Viper Room, and Ariana is one of her backup dancers. Whoa! And so it's like if you wouldn't have known it, and like I wouldn't have ever thought of that before. I'm just waiting for like James Kennedy to come in as like a DJ at a party or something. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, that's really that's really funny. Yeah, the season that I started watching, Stasi was not on the show at all. Oh, I forgot about that. And so uh, when she came back and everybody's like, Stasi's back, I was like, who is Stasi? <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. And now she's gone again. Gone again, conveniently fired right after her season ends. Um, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen when they start recording again in two years. My uh, my wife, while we were watching this episode, because she sat down and, and rewatched it with me uh, last night. And since she'd already seen it, she quickly got uh, down the rabbit hole of searching people's names on the show and like looking at the like us weekly type website reports about what's going on with them currently. And this is all like, it's a very risky thing for her to do because we watch this all on Hulu. And so that means we, we're never contemporary with the show. Like we are always a season behind uh, because of that. And so you know, you can you can really ruin a storyline for yourself if you if you search the wrong search term. But yeah, the like the stuff that she was like Jax is like one of my favorite characters on the show from a dragging him for being ridiculous uh, <laughs> standpoint. And like it seems like he's in some kind of trouble now. Like she found an article about Lance Bass saying Oh god that he's a bad person. But the storyline in this episode is that Jax has a sweater line and he's really trying hard to break into the fashion viz. And one of the things I love about like both Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives shows is that there is always some scheme that some character is, is getting into. And when they drop them, they forget about them forever. Oh, like God. you are never like like I had never heard word one about Jax's sweater line. <laughs> I know, and I was going to try and buy one for you for being a guest on the show, but never happened. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't find dead stock Jack's <laughs> Taylor sweaters in, uh, on eBay or anything? No. And, like, I've never seen a, like, I'm really scared for my health 
turn into an argument about fashion so quick in yeah. my life. Right. Like Stasi's over there to dump his creatine pills in the in the drain yeah. and drag him for having an unserious relationship with his side hustle. But also like she takes great umbrage that he has not been as serious about fashion as she has before. Which all comes as news to me because I, I've never heard word one about her being anywhere near the fashion industry either. Yeah, and I don't I think after season two you don't hear about it ever again. There was a tiny plot point in season one about her writing for Lisa's daughter's fashion website, which was in and out in about an episode of this season. And then in this episode, it's like, I take fashion seriously and you don't. Yeah. Let's dump those pills. God. One of my favorite Ariana storylines is uh there's like a there's a sketch comedy show and she takes great umbrage that other people are doing sketch comedy and she considers them kind of Johnny come lately's to oh, yeah. sketch comedy. And it's like almost exactly the same line. I stay I take sketch comedy very seriously. <laughs> I think about that like once a week. Oh, man, and I don't wanna um give away too much of the season you are going to be seeing soon. Uh <laughs> But there's because I because I started in at episode five of season two, I now am pot committed. <laughs> I have to watch the rest of season two. <laughs> well, also in season eight, there's some newcomers, and one of them is also a stand-up comic. Wow. Who also takes stand-up comedy very seriously. It <laughs> feels like I was watching a reboot of the exact same show with the exact same yeah. characters. I think that when you, if you've seen a few of these series on Bravo, you do start to notice that storylines get recycled, which sort of strains credulity when you are being presented with this as a, a show about the real lives of the people in it. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> We're upset in almost precisely the same way about precisely the same thing as people that were in Atlanta two years ago doing going through all this. There's also some people on a yacht cruise that are arguing about the same thing right now. Very strange. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it uh, all springs from the mind of Andy Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. He's just like got a giant spoon in a cauldron right now and just seeing what he yeah. pulls out. Well, what was something else that jumped out at you in this episode? I mean, I think that the other big thing I, I felt was amazing was how how little seriousness they treated Jax's health scare with. It's not resolved as of this episode, but it's like a few times people are like, yeah, like I saw Jax talking about it and like he he does seem genuinely terrified and there's a very staged feeling moment where he's serving drinks to the Russian burlesque dancers where he's not engaging with them on a smarmy hitting on the Russian burlesque dancers level. And, and that is presented as like, can you believe Jax isn't relentlessly hitting on these women? He must be very upset. His and eyebrows are staying at the same level right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he is or isn't. I don't know if he knows more about the disease in in real life than, I mean, it sounds to me like a hormone imbalance thing and not a cancer thing. And that's why they're kind of making light of it. But like when you find out that you may have cancer, 
even if it's like a 10% chance, like you got It's the only thing going through your head. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe how like how Stasi gets the call that he I think she's his girlfriend at this point. They're in limbo, but who isn't? But yeah. She gets the call that he's in the hospital and she's like, "Wow, that's super sad." Fuck, why didn't you tell anybody? <laughs> also like click do you think he really has cancer, Kristen? Cause yeah. now, now let's get all dolled up and go get our passport photos taken. Another thing that just blew my mind, because last time I got a passport photo, it was from the neck up. They're they're worried about what the top of the shirt is going to look like, I guess. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, it it just really blew me away that like... You know, you can be mad at someone all you want. He can do really shitty things, but you could recognize that like, okay, so he's waiting on results on a biopsy or whatever is coming in. He's scared. He's still like contractually obligated to show up to the filming of this show. (laughs) Maybe wait till he gets his results to really drag his ass. But I guess. Yeah. That sort of makes me think that he knows more than they're letting on. Like, they're like, oh, he went to the hospital and like, let's use this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I could definitely see that being the case. I always think about that when somebody gets a phone call on the show. Because <laughs> you're shooting a TV show. Like, you can't really have your phone on. But when the phone rings and she goes and picks it up and it's another character from the TV show, it always that always feels like, okay, this is staged. Like, they're, okay, we're going to interrupt the conversation at this point with the phone call. And Jax is like sitting right outside the the apartment in like a sixteen passenger van, yeah, just like reenacting this side of the conversation. Well, it's like a, a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where they're like, "Here are the beats we have to hit. Just make yeah. sure that it's tangentially related to your real life." But yeah, yeah, and it's totally. also been proven. I mean, I don't know too much of the ins and outs of it but like people have done screen grabs where they're like well her hair's a different length this is a reshoot (laughs) of the same scene for some reason yeah to no surprise at all these shows are manipulated but like to have something that egregious but then also like what you're saying to be like oh yeah but remember a phone call's coming in here nothing is like spur of the moment have you seen the episode of Adam Ruins Everything that Ariana shows up for? No. This is good, like, extracurricular for this podcast because she talks about a little bit about, like, how the show is made. And she is pretty circumspect about, you know, how much it's manipulated. But she is like, yeah, it's a show. Yeah. Like, we're, <laughs> you know, we are really friends in real life and we really do the things and, you know, I think that, like, at a certain point, it's strange credulity that they all live in shitty apartments and work at a restaurant <laughs> and also earn $25,000 an episode for being on TV. Yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, like, they, you know, they talk about, like, yeah, Hollywood is, like, about presenting stories uh, through the use of movie magic. And that even happens on reality shows. Man, Ben, you and I are both guys who like to play video games and... Sure. I'm just awaiting for, you know, 10 years down the line on like PlayStation 6 or something when we get a <laughs> second L.A. noir and it's all just yeah. about reality TV and trying to <laughs> investigate the crimes on a set. I, I hope the people from Rockstar Video Games are listening. <laughs> yeah, our idea. Come to us. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, TM, TM, uh, 
are in a circle. <laughs> ben, thanks for coming on Vanderpump Robs. I would love to have you back uh, at a later episode when yeah. you can really sink your teeth into things uh, even more because knowing that you started in season four, I just I just want to pick at that brain, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... That is just a guess. I don't actually, sure. I can't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't sign an affidavit to the effect <laughs> that it was season four, but it was a later season than this. Don't come for him, audience. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. he's here. He's a fan. Um, Do not drag me, King. <laughs> ben, why don't you tell people a little about, a little bit about some of your podcasts and where they can find them? Oh, sure. Um, well, I have two Star Trek podcasts, one about old Star Trek and one about new Star Trek. And those are Greatest Generation and Greatest Discovery, respectively. And then uh, we have a hit war movie podcast called Friendly Fire, where we watch uh, war movies from all throughout the history of cinema. Uh, I think the earliest movie we've watched was like 1925 and the most recent was 2020 so almost 100 years of uh of movie history that we've looked at and uh it's a you know kind of a history podcast meets a cinema studies podcast meets a comedy podcast and it's a lot of fun yeah as you stated earlier i do produce and edit the uh friendly fire and the greatest discovery it's a blast and you know from my point of view we've all said it in one way or another but something i really like about friendly fire is that like a war movie can get it wrong, yeah. but it still tells you something about the time it was made. So sure. even if you're like a movie sticks in your craw, like uh, let's say Braveheart, <laughs> there's an interesting discussion that can be made upon watching that yeah. movie nowadays. Yeah. Why was this movie made when it was made and by the people that made it? Yeah. Well, what what were we trying to do? You can find all of those podcasts on maximumfun.org and uh Ben, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. A lot of people don't know this that you helped me come up with the name of this podcast. <laughs> I had eight Oh man, I I don't remember that. Well, we had uh I yeah, let's let I'll let people in on this. We were sitting in a green room and uh I think I had had a jazz beverage of some sort, not knowing oh, that boy. not knowing that it was a jazz beverage from the cooler, and I just was. I know. I, I know when this would have happened. Then <laughs> I was scrolling through some sort of social media platform, and something Vanderpump Rules related uh, popped up, and I just go, "I should start a Vanderpump Rules podcast called Vanderpump Robs." And you just turned to me and you go. There's no other option. You need to start that <laughs> podcast. Oh, man. I am so sorry I made a big impression on you in that moment. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it if I didn't actually want to. So I think having the uh, solidarity of a friend saying that is a funny title uh, really helped me push it along. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. I'll see you later. Have a good day. You too. All right. Bye, dude. All right, it's everyone's favorite part of the episode, the dumpster moment. There's a lot of terrible things that happen in this episode. I mean, they're all silly. It's reality TV. We're having fun. But I think the biggest thing is when Schwartz says that Jack should make Stassi feel guilty or use his thing to garner some sort of sympathy, it's... 
well, maybe not the most mature tactic, but uh, here, let's take a listen. You gotta milk that, man. Yeah, you gotta milk that. You gotta that. make Stassi feel super guilty for what she did. You know? Dude, that girl doesn't have a heart, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again to Ben Harrison for joining me. Go check out his podcasts, The Greatest Generation, The Greatest Discovery, the hit war movie podcast, Friendly Fire. They're all great. You're going to love them. If you love this show, you'll love those shows. We all have a similar sense of humor and sensibilities in this world. Here's the other thing. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting this show. If you have the time, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review. It helps with the algorithm, helps grow this podcast, and helps me feel good about the time I am putting into it. Jeremy Siegel composed the music for this show, and Marie Hill is my season two editor, and they both just do a fantastic job. Marie and I have worked on this show very little before starting all of these episodes, and she's blowing me away with the edit. It's great. So tell a friend to subscribe to the pod. It really helps out. I'll see you next time on Vanderpump Robs. Wait, Rob, is that who we're talking about? Yeah.